Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex, and we are getting ready for the NFC East rival that is the New York Giants. Kind of weird, isn't it, that the Eagles haven't seen the Giants since last year? They'll play New York on Sunday and then again to close out this 2022 regular season. Both games could have a lot of meaning. Certainly, Sunday's does for the 11-1 Eagles to continue to lead the NFL with that record. The Giants hanging in the NFC playoff picture with a 7-4-1 record coming off of their tie against the Washington Commanders on Sunday. We'll get a first look at the Giants in just a little bit. John Schmilk from Giants.com joins me. We'll also talk to Brandon Graham about his nomination as the Eagles' Walter Payton Man of the Year. Of course, we'll hear from head coach Nick Sirianni. But first, let's dig it with uh, dig in with some really good chatter. Uh, one of my favorite guys, he is a quiet guy, but when you get him talking, Josh Sweat will talk up a storm. And he certainly is playing up a storm. Six and a half quarterback sacks this season after his Pro Bowl 2021 year. Sweat coming off an outstanding game against the Tennessee Titans. Two quarterback sacks, four tackles for loss. A lot of hits, a lot of penetration. Great play against the run. I want to hear what he has to say about that game and just about his season in general. Josh Sweat, a fourth-round draft pick in 2018, already in his fifth season with the Eagles. Hard to believe. So let's start it right there as the Eagles get ready for the New York Giants. A big one on Sunday. The defense has a lot to consider with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones and a multifaceted run game, a power run game. Uh, and it's always a tough place to play. No matter what you think, MetLife Stadium is tough for the Eagles. So without further ado, let's get to it. Dave Spadaro here with Josh Sweat in our NovaCare Complex studio. Sweaty Jay joining me here on the Eagles Insider <laughs> Podcast. Love the nickname. Love the, I love the whole sweat. Uh, is that, I, I got to tell you, has that always been your, your move? Um, no, nah, I got it. Um, uh, actually, Jalen Hurts, he, like, in 2020, like, at practice, before I was, like, about to do a rep in two minutes, he did the, he did it. Like, I looked at the sideline, and he did, like, this right there. And, like, I got the, you know, the practice in his sack. And uh, ever since then, that's when I that's when I started doing it after um, after the sacks. Now, do players around the league, your friends, do they call you up and say, "Hey, man, that is an awesome sack celebration"? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, every, everybody, you know, seems to like it. I'm I'm trying to get it to take off. <laughs> I just got to, you know, yeah, we got to market this to, thing. Man. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to get them sacks, man, so I can, you know, get it on the map because the, the celebration is definitely that. It, it's, it's it. It's fantastic. I, I'm always worried that when when you guys are kicking in the door. Somebody's gonna like blow out their knee with the uh, with the uh, with the sweaty J. There's no no stress, man. There's, oh, yeah. You're not gonna get hey, hurt. It's chill, simple, and, <laughs> and, and, it, and it makes sense. Hey, well, you had you had, against Tennessee. I mean, you've had a great season. First of all, congratulations Thank and congratulations you. on the Pro Bowl. We talked about it in the summer. Um, your game against Tennessee: four total tackles, two sacks, tackles for loss. Um, do you feel like that was among the best games that you've played in the NFL? You were I mean, doing, yeah, you were just yeah. I, I felt, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I felt like I played more complete games, even though you know the stats were there. But I was just I was just all over the field. I just wanted to be, you know, one of those. I just want to. I don't know. I felt like that was one of the games that can really help me take off my season. You know, especially after the fact. But yeah, I just I just told myself, you know, let's let's just be all over the field today, and um, let's 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 make the most. You know, make the most of it. Josh, what is it like to be in the zone? <laughs> Shoot. Which sounds um, like you were in. Yeah, I mean, it just happens. You know what I mean? Like a certain point of the season, everybody, you know, has their own time. And um, I think I think this is it. You know what I mean? I've been having a great past few weeks. And um, without even noticing it, I'm just like, I just start to see my play rising. You know what I mean? And you don't even notice it when you're in it. It's, it just happens. Why do you think your play has taken the next step? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think I've been playing. I've been playing well, playing well. I think. I mean, it just, I think it just came to me. You know what I mean? I had the opportunities, and it it just, you know, it was it was my time, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just guessing it was my time. I, I think there's a lot of players who, on this team, who will probably are probably feeling the same thing. When you're in a, an environment where you're winning, where everybody's got their role, everybody's starring in their role, it just seems, Josh, you tell me, I mean, in the locker room, it seems like guys are very happy with the way things have gone individually and specifically as a team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody, everyone's happy for each other. You know, everyone stays in their own, you know, bubble as far as their job and this and that. So when it, you know, everybody's in their right place, that's when that when that play goes there. That's that's when we make it. And um, no one gets selfish. Everyone pretty much just does their job at a high level. And I mean, so everyone and, and everyone's happy for each other. We just keep in, uh, encouraging each other and just trying to get better every every day. Is it hard not to be selfish? Nah, not really. I mean, like I said, like whenever you're doing, you know, whenever you're doing your job, you know, like I said, at a high level and you just keep being consistent with it. Like, I mean, it just comes and everybody, everybody eats. I had a, uh, if you don't want me to do this, I will not do this. But I came across your draft profile. So before you were drafted, you know, everybody has their (laughs) evaluation of Joshua. Can I read some of it to you and you? Tell me what you think of it. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm going to read the negative stuff, though. All right. Okay, okay, cool. You can laugh about it now. Okay, uh, weaknesses. Hits snooze button off the snap and is always the last one out of his stance, which I think is really, like, when I watch you now, you're you're the first was, one out of your stance. That was true. That what? was. Why? I get, um, I didn't have, I didn't have that, that rush, that pass rush mentality, you know? In college, I played a lot of four-eye, so I kind of, like, I didn't understand the importance of, you know, getting off the, you know, getting off the ball on time and, you know, actually getting sacks and stuff like that. So I, I was, I played a lot of like interior. So when it came to like the rushing, it was like, let me just do my job. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's a lot different now. You know what I mean? It's like, I got a couple off season under my belt, a lot of training and stuff like that. So I know them, I know the importance of it, you know, now. So always being on time, always being fast. I mean, the speed's just going, you know, well, it's gonna get you there. How have you developed the get off? Has it been a combination of great coaching and people you're watching BG and just kind of developing yeah. that skill that you really had never really worked on? I guess. Yeah, when I got here, it was like I was still slow off the ball. You know what I mean? Obviously, I mean it would carry over, but you know the coaches were just always in my you know always in my ear like, "Yo, you gotta go." You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta go. You know you got a gift. Take advantage of it, and um and then. Me watching, obviously, BG, Derek, they just had that 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 edge, you know what I mean? That that rush mentality was like, let's go get it. And then um, that's when I started to 
Interesting, because I mean, wow, you've really got it. Uh, frame carries a low, a lean lower body. I mean, you're a lean guy. You're yeah. Javon Curse. <laughs> um, yeah, Free. coming out. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was small I f- for sure. I was like two thirty something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I had to put it on. So, but yeah, I was small. I mean, I I don't think that affected how I played the run or anything like that. I still played, you know, tough. Tough football, played around well, did everything, but yeah, I was small. Excellent. Okay, uh, let's see. Lacks leg drive because you were you didn't have the big body. Drops head and loses sight on ball carrier. Is that true? No, I don't think that was true. Okay. I don't think that was true. Okay. I thought I always was a good tackler. Okay. Uh, decelerates when approaching the edge. <laughs> yes, like I said, I didn't have that. I don't know. I don't know, man. I didn't like I said. I didn't understand the importance of. The sacks, you know what I mean? I know it sounds crazy, but in college, I just didn't have that that rush edge, you know what I mean? So then this this last criticism, or last, sorry, it's a critique, would kind of make sense. Motor runs hot and cold. If you don't know that you are like that, that you know, how to get off, get off, get off, people would watch you and go, hey, he really doesn't play that hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see where, you know, I can see where it comes from. Like, if I didn't, I didn't trust my move, so... Now it's like I'm just throwing a move. It's like if it works, you, you just got to believe it works. You know what I mean? So if I'm throwing a speed rush, I'm all the way through, you know, with it. So it's like if I come through on the winning side, you know, we're going to get the sack. But if not, then I'll counter back, you know, and then and then fall back. But never, never like decelerate when I don't think I can win because in my mind, I'm already thinking, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. So, so I'm always following through for the most part. But, yeah, I mean – I can I can see why it looks like it runs hot and cold. If you're stopping at edge because you don't think it's gonna work, then that's what it that's what it looks like. Josh, when we spoke in training camp, we we talked about your Pro Bowl experience last year, and I know I came away with you. You're like you were very humble about it. You were very um, appreciative of it, almost awed by it. Um, do you feel you grew from that experience? Like it was almost like, yeah. hey man, what am I doing here? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it came out of nowhere. Like when they told me I was going, I was like, damn. Really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, real, I mean, I, I'm definitely appreciative of it, but I want to, you know, I want to make it straight up. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I took from it. I felt like, I felt like the little dog there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Had other 94s, had Rob, Rob over there, Rob Quinn. You know, he's here now. So I'm like, damn, I got to, you know, I want to get to where, where, uh, where he was. So, um, yeah, definitely. I grew from it. I felt like the little guy. Now I'm trying to I'm trying to make my own. You know what I mean? Is your, has your mentality changed this year? I mean, do you feel yeah. like the oh, big yeah. guy? You're Absolutely. the big dog. You're the hunting dog no, now. I do. I do. Most definitely. Like I'm. I'm like I said. I'm trying to get it, man. And um, I feel like it's it's coming into my time. Last couple of weeks, I've been good. I'm just gonna keep it going. This defensive line, this front seven. I mean, last year the defense was good. This year the defense is smothering, dominating. What's the mentality when you guys take the field? Shoot, we can't be stopped. And everybody, you know, I'm next to you. I got you. I mean, like I said, we feed, we feed off of each other. And um, and we, we've, we've connected so much. Everyone knows each other, is comfortable, comfortable around each other. And um, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is like a family out there. And like I said, I got you. I'm, I'm next to you, bro. Let, let's, let's go. You mentioned, you said the word connecting. And that's what Nick always talks about. <clears throat> and I wonder, like, when a new coach comes in, does, do you feel like – he has to win over the locker room. I mean, I, I guess that's that's how it is at first. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think, but I mean, his his message is always, you know, it's always pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't think it was hard for guys to 
you know, accept what he was saying and and pretty much buy in. So, I mean, I don't think it took much at all. I'm like, hey, I get what he's saying. And I think everybody else feels the same and, and look at look at where, where it's getting us. His big thing is, is that everybody has fun coming into the building. Because, yeah. you know, this team has played at such a high level. There's so much energy, so many good guys. I mean, everybody treats everybody in the organization well. Um, it, do guys have – do you have fun coming into the building every day? Does yeah, get, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, we – it's not like that if you weren't connected, you know what I mean? Since we, like, everyone's comfortable around each other. Everyone has a good time. We can laugh, you know, we can joke, coaches, players all together, you know what I mean? It's, we don't get that feeling of, you know, complete business all the time, you know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun coming in. We don't we don't come in a lot, you know what I'm saying? We win, you know, he give us some time off. So we come in, we, we want to make most of it. How has the new contract changed your life and your just kind of maybe confidence level, ease of, you know, panicking about the next paycheck? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously it's been great, but I think the biggest part was not, I feel like I'm, I'm playing a lot more free. You know, I'm not always on edge, you know, I got to, you know. I can. I feel like I can take more risk, you know, calculated risk. But you know, it's not. It's not nearly as uptight as um, before. You know, what I mean, I can. I can be free now. I can. I can play. Play my best balls and, and fast without being afraid of making a, um, a mistake. May, may I? I want to talk about something personal that I. I. I think that you. You're very expressive. Like you have rings on. You've got the piercing right here. You got the teeth going. <laughs> are you an like? Are you an artistic guy? Is that a form of expression? Uh, Earrings, uh, like you're very. A lot of people don't show themselves. You're you're, you're very. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I just I saw it. You know, I liked it. I was like, let me try this for a little bit. You know what I mean? That's that's pretty much all it is. This the earring or the the piercing on the what would you call that? The the uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a, it's called a dermal. So it's just a. Fake. Doesn't hurt. At first, yeah. At first, they put like two needles in there. They pry it open. Yeah. You know, put it in. It's like an anchor underneath. But um, yeah, like like I said, those no, you know, no. Uh, I don't know. I just, I guess I just woke up one morning. And was like, let me just go do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I've always found you to be like. A, it's interesting because I've always found you to be, and I don't know you personally, but like around the media, around us, like you're really quiet. But then when you speak, you have the best voice on the team, and you're you really have great answers, and you're very thoughtful. And and I just wonder, like this whole experience, you've really. The, all the things that you went through as a young guy, great football, injuries, had to overcome all this. I feel like you're, you're like really growing up and just feeling great about yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the more I do it, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot easier. You know what I mean? I am, I, I guess I am quiet around, you know, in the locker room meeting sure. and stuff. I mean, but yeah, once, once once I start to talking, you know, I can get to talking. So, <laughs> Fantastic. But, um, yeah, I'm just, just getting more comfortable. The longer I've been here. It's easier to, you know, it's easier to do this. Like when I came in here, I was like, yo, you got the setup. When I saw the setup, I was like, oh, this ain't no regular interview. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I and was nervous. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about this football team, Josh. 11 and 1. Um, you know, how do you keep yourself focused? Everybody's talking about big picture here. This team has not done that. How do you, how do you keep yourself focused? Shoot. I mean, I just, like, I just worry about the, you know, just the next practice, the next meeting. I don't really like to think too far because it's hard to see a way out anyways. The season's so long, and, um, you know, you don't want to think too far ahead. Be You know, be happy with – not happy or content with what you've done, but just know you've done something good and um, 
put it put it in the back of your mind and keep get just get ready to work work again for this week. Does this thing does this team think it can achieve great things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go around, I talk to guys, and I mean, I think everybody's pretty much on the same page. Like, you know, we're not happy with where we are, and we wanna we wanna keep on pushing it. You know, even though people think, you know, we've done a lot in this and that, but nah, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Do you like being the hunted dog? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it goes hand in hand. Either you want to defend it, you know, that title, or you wanna you wanna go take it. And I think you can find hunger in both of them. So, um, yeah, I like it. Do you sit on the bench and watch the Eagles' offense? Yeah, of course. You I go, mean, you go, gee, wow, nah, what like, is going on out there? Especially the O line. My favorite part, O line. They just destroy people, you know, and um, I take pride in it because, you know, I feel like I help them at practice. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I like to think I do, but, um, and I think I help them prepare. So when I see them doing that, I'm like, and I'm pretty sure it's the same when they see us getting sacks. It's like, yeah, I, like I made that dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting? Last thing, what are you expecting this weekend? The Giants, always tough team, always physical yeah. team. Run the football, quarterback It's going to do a lot of play action or a lot of bootlegging, all that stuff. Um, what are you expecting for the Giants? I mean, yeah, we expect them to come out playing hard. You know, they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna they they gonna do what they do. We're gonna do what we do. We played each other plenty of times. We know we know what we run. So I mean, it's just gonna be a physical game. It's gonna be tough. And um, we, like I said, we're just gonna get ready to work this week and we'll have a good game. In his fifth season, Pro Bowl defensive end Josh Sweat, six and a half sacks, one off your career high, coming off a great game in a groove, feeling great about the way you're playing football. <laughs> Keep up the great work. All right. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Josh Sweat, thanks for joining me. No problem. Yeah, have a good one. Great stuff there from Josh. Uh, now we move on to head coach Nick Sirianni, who will have to make a decision later in the week about Avante Maddox. Maddox now activated. His practice window is open. He is off injured reserve. So the expectation is that the Eagles will get Maddox back sooner rather than later. And they do have a spot on the 53-man roster open with Robert Quinn moving to IR. Quinn having a surgical procedure on his knee. Hopefully the Eagles can get Quinn back and get him whole for the playoffs. Uh, he's got four weeks to get ready. So this is going to be a good time for him to rehab and get his rest and get stronger and just make that, that late-season push. As for Maddox, he's back on the practice field. We'll find out later in the week his status for the Giants. In the meantime, our weekly one-on-one -on -one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to our weekly one-on-one -on -one with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. And, uh, Coach, big win on Sunday uh, against Tennessee. Now it's on to the road. We're in a long season, 17 games. Um, how do you keep guys fresh? What is the approach to that? I think one big part of that is, you know, the connection that the guys have where they want to come in, see each other every day. They want to come in, see the coaches, want to see the, uh, each other. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big part of it. I think, the, you know, we, we want to, the building to feel like, hey, we get to go in and play football today. And so you, you get pictures of the guys around the building where they're seeing that. There's always, every time you get a win, you get new pictures around the building from the win. Um, and so hopefully that helps. But then also just understanding, you know, you know those are some of the, the little things, but also understanding, hey, we had to be just as on it this week as we were last week if we're gonna get, if we're gonna be able to go to New York and be able to uh, get a win. And so, you know, that's the, the mindset is everything in the preparation for the game that you have. And so when you can kind of break it down into weeks like that and then days by that, I think that's a big, a big part of it. There's also the physical component of it too. I mean, do players come to you and say, 
hey, I really would like a rest day? Because fans always ask me, what is a rest day? Yeah, good question. Rest days are, are, are for our guys that we, we deem that, that need it, right? And so, and then you're also thinking about the schedule based off of how the week went before, where you are in the season, whether you're going to walk through on Wednesday, whether you're going to practice on Wednesday. The, the, as far as rest days, the uh, limit guys, that's based off of uh, what we feel like. Everybody's a little bit different, and every, uh, the players don't come to me and say, I need a rest day. I, I'm telling you, every one of Never those happened. guys. No, those guys want to practice, and which I which I love about this team. Um, and so we got to – it's us more saying, hey, we need to rest you based off of some things that we saw in the game, um, numbers that you ran, um, where you are in your career. So it, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and so it's just like coming up with a third down play. You want, you're going through the process of how to come up with a third down play. Well, it's the same thing. If every detail and every little detail is important, it's the same way you talk about players and players' health as well. When a player has a rest day – are they doing work? Are they in meeting? Like, what are they doing? They're not sleeping at their locker. <laughs> As you know, we have a we have a lot of meeting time and we have a lot of walkthrough time. So they're involved in all that. Rest would be more so when you're physically out there at practice. And you know, with with where we are right now, it's not not there's not a lot of guys that have a full day off. It's more kind of limited. But it's all about keeping them fresh so they can be at their best on Sunday. Sunday is the first of three games away from. Lincoln Financial Field, very unique situation. So how do you keep – everybody's talking about the end of the year. How do you keep everybody in the moment? Is, are we now drawing again on dog mentality? One game at a time. Okay. One game at a time over an, one day at a time, one meeting at a time, one walkthrough at a time, and just be in the moment of where you are right there. I don't think anyone's uh, thinking that way because that's been our mindset the entire year of, hey, how do we, how do we just get ready to go 1-0 this week? And so that will be the mindset. We're not – I couldn't even – you just told me that we have three away games in a row. I'm not in there. I don't even know who we play next. I know we play the Giants at 1 o'clock at MetLife, and we're getting ready to play them, and that's the biggest game of our, our season. Those experiences from Cleveland and Miami, do you draw on them at all? I mean, have you seen benefits from, from those trips? I think what benefits from those trips, I don't think you're thinking about them this time of the year, but what benefits of those trips are the connections that the guys made during those trips, right? We're all out there together, all in Cleveland, Ohio together. Yeah, we'd all rather be in Philadelphia, right, than Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, you know, we're all out there together. We're going through it together. And that's just another form of connecting. We're so sure. Like you asked me earlier about the, you know, we're in this part of the season. The connecting is the most important that the guys want to come in and be, you know, be part of that. Well, that doesn't happen like that, right? It happens through a course of the year. It happens through, you know, um, hard training camp practices. It happens through OTAs. It happens through going away to Cleveland, Ohio together and and uh, for one purpose, to get better at football and connect. You've played 12 games. The Giants, for the first time here, they've been watching all season. They know you from last year. Uh, the offense is something, one thing, running the ball one week, throwing the ball the next week. I, you, you still have more left in the playbook? Like, is there still more that, that you worked on in the summer that you have not pulled out? Shoot, man, every game's important uh, to, to date, so we haven't been really saving anything, you know, and so we've, we got, you know, but are there new wrinkles? Of course, right? Are there new things that you try to mesh together? Of course there is, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess for the fans and for the opposing teams, yes, we got a lot more. In the Good stuff, and, but the Gi there's a familiarity with the Giants, from the Giants to you, Yeah, right? always. I mean, I know it's a new staff, and I got a lot of respect for this staff that we're playing, and a lot of respect for the players, but it is similar players. It just so happens we got one of their better players, and is he playing corner for us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, speaking of the defense, Jonathan Gannon's group. Okay, uh, let's see. First in takeaways, uh, first against the pass, um, second in sacks, second in total defense. You're doing all of these things. 
you're not exposed. You know, there's a lot of teams that have to generate the pass rush with the blitz. Jonathan hasn't had to do that. What do you? What does this say about what he and staff and the players are putting together here? You know, I, you say a lot of the numbers, and really the numbers that we're always concerned about are explosive plays, turnovers, and we're doing well in both of those, and then points, right? And so we're doing well in all those areas, and there's an art to it. Like it's just like on offense. Somebody asked me a question the other day on offense. You got to be able to get explosive plays, but not turn it over. Right? Well, it's the same thing here. You can't give up the explosive play, but we got to turn it over. Those are both really important, but they somewhat, I don't want to say contradict each other, but when you, you know, there's some things that happen when you get try to get an explosive play that puts you at risk yep. to turning it over. And so, you know, you just got to try to get the guys in the right spots and then the guys go execute. Um, and that's what's, we've, what's been going on. Our guys have done a phenomenal job of executing. Um, out there and we're able to get pass rush with our guys we're able to to get turnovers because of our guys we got guys that are sticky in coverage we got guys that can rush the rush the passer and you know and so they're we're really playing good as a full unit good good team defense 11 is one out there um, on defense coach good luck this weekend against the Giants Thanks, Matt Stadium, a win and the Eagles are in we break some break some news here that Nick didn't know Eagles first of three straight road trips this one is important. Thanks for joining us, our weekly one-on-one -on -one with head coach Nick Sirianni. You know, the Giants weren't supposed to be a very good football team. They've played pretty darn well. They've defied expectations under first-year head coach Brian Dable. How have they done it? Well, that's why we have our first look here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. This week, I bring in from Giants.com, John Schmilk. Who knows everything, Giants? So let's get right to it. Our first look at the seven, four and one Giants. All right, John. Uh, it's been a long time, and it's already you know December, and the Eagles finally getting around playing the Giants. And I think that you would agree. Both teams, <laughs> if we when we talked back in the summer, um, neither team would think well. The Eagles would be eleven and one, and the Giants would be seven, four and one, and the NFC East would be ready to go in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance all four NFC East teams get in. Now, these teams are all playing each other a lot over the final few weeks, so maybe that's not going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I think from a forest from the trees type of perspective, Giants fans have to be happy with where their team is. This was considered, you know, the first year of a long-term rebuild, more of a teardown than a build-up. They won a lot of close games early in the year against Tennessee, Baltimore, Green Bay, and they managed to start 6-1. and one. But now, you know what? Preseason expectations don't matter, Dave. You know how this works. Once your team's winning games and, you know, the playoffs, you can sniff it. That's what fans want now. So now it's about doing what they need to do to try to get into the playoffs over these final five weeks. And, John, you talked about the early season and the late game wins. And um, from the outside, it really shows that the Giants knew how to kind of manage things down the stretch in games credit to Brian Dable, credit to the players. Is that sustainable here in the final weeks of the season? Again, from the outside, offense struggling to score points, bunch of injuries, a quarterback needs to make plays, who's he throwing the football to, everybody on defense being on Saquon Barkley. Um, accurate read of the offense? Uh, yeah, I, I think he kind of hit all that, and I'll, t I'll take those one by one. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the question coming out of those early games, right? And the Giants are still 5-0-1 in games that are decided by six points or less. I think they're 7-2-1 in the games decided, or 7-3-1 maybe in games decided by eight points or fewer. So, yeah, is that sustainable long-term? And look, the Giants caught a break at a couple of those games early in the year too, right? Uh, the Titans, week one, uh, 
Randy Bullock misses a 47-yard field goal, which would have won that game for Tennessee. Uh, the Ravens are trying to run the clock out in week five, and on a third-and-one quarterback sneak, uh, the Ravens, it was either a false start or an illegal, it was a legal formation penalty. They don't get the first down. They fit, the next play, they turn it over. The Giants end up um, scoring and winning that game. So, you know, but that's how the league works, right? You, you, you catch breaking in, in close games and you win them. And in terms of the offense, you're right. It's been a challenge all year because th- this is not a Giants team that's going to be able to do straight drop backs and throw the football. Uh, the protection still, it's better. Andrew Thomas is a legitimate Pro Bowl level left tackle, but there's still issues on in other spots along the line. Though Nick Gates, I thought did, did a really nice job starting a left guard last week for the first time. And as the season has gone along, I think you made a great point. Teams have decided that look, we're just not going to let 26. That's Saquon Barkley beat us. And if the Giants figure out a different way to do it, we'll tip our cap to them and say, all right, good job, guys. But teams are just saying to themselves, we're not going to let Saquon Barkley beat us. And the Giants have had trouble the last five, six weeks scoring points without Saquon breaking off a lot of those, you know, 20, 30, 40-yard runs that he was doing earlier in the year. Daniel Jones has played well this year. He's, he's, he's been efficient. He's done well what they've asked him to do. But he just doesn't have the weapons to throw to outside. I mean, Darius Layton's the number one wide receiver. I think he maybe be your third or fourth guy with the Eagles. And then you have guys like Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James who, who probably wouldn't see the field for, for a, you know, a lot of teams that have better wide receiver core. So, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, Dave, to be honest with you. One of the things that the Giants have had success with, certainly against the Eagles, is getting Daniel Jones on the move. Have the Giants been doing a lot of that um, successfully? Do you foresee that happening on Sunday? Yeah, it kind of disappeared for a little while, and teams had started to game plan that out. Uh, it started in the Seattle game a few weeks ago where they would just send Bruce Irvin up the field uh, on those play-action boots and just say, no, we're not going to let Daniel Jones keep it and go. And teams schemed that out. But the last couple of weeks now, and this last past week against Washington specifically, that came back. Uh, Jones had over 70 rushing yards. He led the team. Uh, he did fumble on a read option keeper up the middle uh, – uh, Jamin Davis got his helmet on the football, made him fumble. But yes, that is still a big part of the offense. And since they don't have Dave, that downfield passing game to make teams pay for loading the box and focusing on Barkley, they use that read option game and the Jones keeper game on those play action boots as the counter to Barkley. That's one of the ways they try to make teams pay for paying too much attention to 26. Uh, on defense. Um, first of all, um, James Bradbury has been a great Eagle. Uh, have the giants, been able to replace him and has there been a lament that that the Giants let him go yeah I mean look the the Giants didn't want to let him go uh they they just couldn't afford him uh the the salary cap space was was just in a situation where uh they were not able to keep him on the roster they would have had to you know kick the can down the road on other contracts which long term you're doing a long-term build here and that's not something you want to do so they had to let James Bradbury go and they didn't want to they knew he's a good player and I'm not surprised he's playing as well as the is for Philadelphia. The bigger problem is that, look, they, they found Fabian Moreau, who you guys down there are very familiar with. He played for Washington for a long time. Uh, physical cover guy. He gets a little handsy. They'll throw a lot of flags on him. Uh, so I'm curious to see if they end up lining him up on A.J. Brown, you know, kind of, you know, play, try to play physical with him outside. I'm not sure anyone can do that with A.J. Brown. But, you know, the bigger problem is that Dory Jackson, their number one corner, has missed the last couple games of the knee injury. I think, He's probably unlikely this week 
It's an MCL. They've had a bunch of MCLs this year. So they really don't have that second and third cornerback right now behind Moreau, who's their number one, believe it or not, um, to cover outside as well as they might like. Uh, Nick McLeod's done a great job, mostly a special teamer, uh, before he got to the Giants this year, but he's done well in coverage. But this is easily going to be the best pair of wide receivers the Giants have gone up against this year. I guess this is, the next best would probably be DK Metcalf and Lockett in Seattle. So uh, it's that if you want to play kind of circle an advantage for the Eagles in this game, it's going to be the AJ Brown, Devonta Smith against Fabian Moreau and probably Nick McLeod. Uh, and then Darnay Holmes, if he gets back from injury inside, he missed last week's game uh, with a shoulder injury. They're, they're a nickel slot guy. So that is definitely a matchup that the Giants are going to have to figure out how to deal with this week. But it's been impressive. The Giants have really, with even with McKinney going out, and with they've cobbled together a really strong defense that you've been able to stay in pretty much every game. What has been kind of the overarching key to success defensively? Yeah, I think Wing Martindale has has done a really nice job. Uh, I think they've they've caught a little bit of a break with the schedule this year. They've played some teams that have struggled offensively and, and don't really have top passing attacks. And I think that's probably hidden some of their issues outside a little bit. But I think Wing Martindale gets, gets a lot of credit. Um, he's done a great job scheming things up to, to try to get pressure. Uh, last week against Washington, just because of the way he aligned at the line of scrimmage, he got some one-on-ones against tight ends for Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. Ojolari came back last week, and he immediately looked like the best pass rusher on the field. Uh, they even got some unblocked pressures for those guys, too, based on those formations. So the Eagles are going to have to be very precise in, in how they call out those protections pre-snap because Wink is going to stand a bunch of guys up, unbalanced, up front, and, and try to create opportunities. And then the other reason is, quite frankly, Dexter Lawrence has played like a Pro Bowl-level defensive tackle. He has six sacks, uh, but he's been more effective than even that number might indicate. He's good against the run, and they've been lining up right on the center, and he's been using his length and his power to just kind of ride those back guys back into the backfield. I think the Lawrence-Kelsey matchup this week inside will be a lot of fun to watch. Two guys that play really good football going up against each other one-on-one. Yeah, and lining up over Kelsey with that big, you know, beefy guy, really. If there's anything that's ever given Kelsey any any challenges, problems, uh, that is it. Um, It's always a great matchup with the Giants inside. Um, Finally, John, you mentioned Thibodeau, and not finally, but you mentioned Thibodeau. Um, How has he played first-round draft pick, high pick? Um, little, you know, ups and downs in college. Uh, how's he been with the Giants? Yeah, you know, attitude-wise and effort-wise, he's been fine. You know, all that stuff that you kind of heard coming out of Oregon, I haven't seen it. I think he's been great. And the coaches have been just, you know, over the top with their praise of him. They love him. Um, he's done what they've asked. He's been willing to do the dirty work, willing to play the run, all that sorts of stuff. But it, it, it's, been, it's been slow going with the pass rush. He injured his MCL at the end of training camp, missed the first couple of games. And I don't think I still see even the burst that I saw in training camp. Um, he hasn't quite developed that like full book and array of pass rush moves yet. He kind of does speed to power and he does some, you know, and he, and he tries to with speed outside and he hasn't really quite gotten there yet as a pass rusher, but he's been a good overall player and played pretty well this year. The coaches love him. And really, again, I think the return of these, Ozolari uh, this week, uh, last week, rather, and then we'll be playing his second game this week. Uh, he immediately, you know, had a great burst. He has fresh legs. You know, a few players do at this point in the season. So, you know, those are the two outside guys. But the Giants have really relied more on trying to scheme up pressure this year, Dave, than just rushing four guys and, and trying to tell them to get home. 
John, it, I look at first year head coach, you're trying to establish a culture. The culture seems to be really strong. Great first year so far for Brian yep. Dable. How much, how much would a playoff berth mean to this football team and to his program? Yeah, I think it'd be great. And I think it's, it's a good start. The guys are believing. And I think you want to, you know, and I guess it's one of the same because I think it's just more important the Giants finish the season strong. And if they finish the season strong, they won't make the playoffs. So I, I guess my answer is one and the same because you just want to continue those good feelings from the first half of the year. You know, you start the year six and one, but then, you know, you finish it, you know, maybe you're eight, eight and one or something like that. And then all of a sudden all those good feelings are gone and you're feeling bad about only winning two games of your final 11 or, or whatever it ends up being. So you want to make sure that you win a couple games here down the stretch, you know, to get to nine, seven and one, I think that'll probably get you into the postseason even better, get to 10, six and one. And, just feel better about yourself heading into the off season. But, you know, I, I don't want to bore your people with like internal giant stuff, but this is like a couple big off seasons coming up with the giants. I mean, this is the list of players, Dave, that are going to be free agents, either this upcoming off season or the off season after Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton, uh, Andrew Thomas will be heading into his fifth year option. Um, then on defense, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love. Oh, yes, these are all of the Giants' best players that I'm listing, <laughs> who basically are all hitting free agency over the next two off-seasons. So it's, it's going to be a real big couple of off-seasons for Joe Shane in terms of decision-making. But I think if you can make the playoffs and you show the team's pointing in the right direction, it makes it easier to bring back some of these guys you want to keep because, you know, if you don't make the playoffs and, and, and you play poorly, then you have to start thinking, well, do I want to bring back the core of this team when they couldn't make the playoffs and commit all this money to these guys coming off rookie contracts with the quarterback, the running back, the other players I mentioned too. So I think the decisions get very, very tough. You always got to keep one eye on the present and one eye on the future. Oh, Howie Roseman's the king of that, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been really, really remarkable. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining the Eagles Insider Podcast. Really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Always fun, Dave. I'll see you Sunday. This has been an incredible comeback season for Brandon Graham, who honestly should gain some notice for the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year. I mean, we all remember what happened last season in Week 2. Just a horrible scene. Second quarter, Graham just goes down. And then after some time on the field, gets carted off Lincoln Financial Field, and you just knew it was bad. Well, it was. It was a torn Achilles tendon. Season ender. Brandon Graham, though, vowed to come back, and he certainly has come back strong. Five and a half sacks, 10 quarterback hurries, 24 quarterback pressures, six tackles for loss this season. This week, he was nominated as the Eagles' Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Every team has a nominee. So on Wednesday in the Eagles locker room, I had a chance to talk to BG about what this award means to him. It's an award presented annually to an NFL player who exemplifies uh, what it's all about to be um, a, a great person, a philanthropic person off the field. And there's nobody better than Brandon Graham who gives every bit of his time to everyone who reaches out and if you've ever been around BG, you know that everyone reaches out. His response is always a smile, a hug, a photo, and a conversation. So the Eagles, Walter Payton, 
Man of the Year nominee, Brandon Graham, one-on-one in the Eagles locker room. Being the Walter Payton nominee, Man of the Year nominee means to you? Man, it means a lot. Uh, I just feel like um, it just made me want to roll my sleeves up and, and just anytime I get to see anybody that look like they need help, man, just get, spend some time with them because you just never know, man, what you do for people. And I just don't take it for granted uh, when, you know, them, them little moments where people are so excited to meet you and, you know, you say, you just say whatever is on your mind or on your heart at that time. And I just felt like, man, it just made me want to make sure that I don't miss out on opportunities like that because you just never know who, who you might help in those moments just from spending five or ten minutes with them. Yeah, you can take you maybe take yourself for granted. You can change somebody's life oh, by yeah. just saying hello. Oh yeah, you just it just it just pretty much you know just showed me how much you know people really do look at me as the at this role model, and so I just try to make sure I be careful with how I word things, you know, how I give them information. Um, I mean, I'm not perfect with it, but I just know, you know, the time that I spend being able to, like, you know, if somebody needs something and I got time, you know, I try to make it happen. If I can't, I understand, you know, you can't save the world, but I know that in moments where I feel like, you know, especially with kids, if I see kids, man, it's tough to kind of walk away without signing everybody's stuff before I leave. So I always try to make sure I do that. Um, and, man, just keep being me. Like, I ain't looking for no accolades for it, but it just made me realize the little things that really do go a long way. And, you know, those people that said those messages to me, I was just being me coming in. You know, I seen that. I heard old boy's story. He, he uh, got in a kayak, kayaking uh, accidents. And, um, you know, I just went over there uh, once I learned the story. What's up, man? You know, just... Hey, man, get ready. We get, we got to get it today. You know, he was working out the same place I was working out. We come in every day. He got his people with him. Um, you know, they helping him around. And, man, I just was just being me. So it just it just showed me just stay who you are. Don't let nobody get you out of being who you are. So I, I just feel like, man, I'm just so honored to be able to be in this moment, uh, to have this moment as a nominee. And I'm just trying to make sure I maximize this moment uh, because I know they come and go. And that is our extra point for this week. Good luck to BG. Certainly is deserving of that. And much more to come for Brandon Graham, a 2010 first-round draft pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. That'll do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex. I will join you shortly after the Eagles and the Giants play on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. It's our instant reaction Eagles Insider Podcast. We will get that out immediately from MetLife Stadium. It's a great podcast, instant reaction, and hopefully the Eagles keep that best record in the NFL intact with the Minnesota Vikings breathing down their necks. The Dallas Cowboys two games back. Very, very important game for the Eagles as they open it up against the New York Giants on Sunday, a 1 o'clock kickoff. Everyone, thank you so much for joining Thanks to Peter Kelly, Kira Mahoney for putting it all together. Thanks to Ray Doyle for his work uh, in his production and to our Eagles Media Relations Department for providing access to the players and for players like Josh Sweat who just come in, get comfortable, and, um, and really have a great conversation. It's not an interview. It's a conversation, and I really appreciate that. Thanks again, everyone, for joining. Let's get a win on Sunday. It's a big one. Eagles, Giants, 1 o'clock, MetLife Stadium. Everyone have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, birds!
E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!